Welcome to the Point Noted Podcast with your host, Johnny B, and co-host who shows up whenever he wants to, former NFL player, Rashad Barksdale. It's raw, unfiltered, and no topic is off-limit. We talk sports, entertainment, culture, and a whole lot of random shit. Let's get to the point. Point Noted Podcast, I'm your host, Johnny B., and I got my guest host, as usual, OCO. And uh, today we have a fun conversation. We're not sure where we're taking this, but we're taking it somewhere. So it should be fun. Uh, we got a guy in today that's just here to just, just talk to us. We just want to talk. So y'all give it up and welcome Pat to the show. Pat, how you doing, my man? Oh, good. How you doing, man? Great. Good, good, man. How you doing, OC? Doing good. Doing good. Welcome, Pat. Hey, it's nice to be here. How are you guys doing uh, the COVID-19 out there, man? Oh, man, I'm just, I'm fully locked down. Hardly ever go out playing really? with my damn Corona beard out of boredom. You're saying you don't look like your, your Twitter paid uh, Twitter picture anymore? I mean, actually, no. officially today I shaved it all off. But, man, oh, I look like a guy living down by the river not too long ago. Well, there you go. <laughs> I know. I, I've been I've been putting the razor to my face and my head as well, just shaving it off every week, man. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. There was a, I think it was in Texas, right? There was a barbershop, like an idiot old man that runs a barbershop, and he kept it open. No, I think it was Michigan, and he just opened it up. He was like, "Look, I'm tired of being in the house. I'm gonna go out there and start cutting hair." And I think the state um, demanded that he shut it down, but it wouldn't. So all these dudes went up there to protect them with guns and just stand in front of the door, saying, "We're not letting the police come in here with a warrant to close down the shop." Did you guys see that? Yeah, I saw, crazy. I saw some of that. I saw some of that. I saw right. some of that. We had a lot of those uh, COVID nuts, you know, protesting. Right, I lived down the cap down the street from the Capitol in uh, Sacramento, California. Oh, okay, yeah. But uh, the one thing we don't have, thankfully, is open carry because you see some guys with bazookas there, and that's going to freak you the fuck out. <laughs> right, like, I mean, I just can't. I mean, really, why do we have open carry? Like, I don't care what state you are, there is no reason for citizens to just be walking around, civilians to be walking around with open carry. And they're not carrying pistols either, you know? No, nah, it's just pure intimidation. You right. know, It has nothing to do with the Second Amendment, I, nothing at all. I think yeah. it's worth mentioning that some of these cats, though, that we've seen, like I saw a dude with the bazooka. <laughs> and the Coffee in Starbucks. Yeah, and literally <laughs> we, fi- we find out a few days later, it's like a, like a prop from one of these games, like Fortnite or something. Uh, Are you for real? Yeah. So some of these dudes, uh, and then another guy was carrying this long, like a long gun, like something that looks like it'd be shooting a, a fifty caliber or something. But it was it was made out of wood, like it's co- almost like cosplay, you know. But not all all the time. I'm just saying, there's some pictures out there where right. when someone looks like they're carrying something super ridiculous, it's probably it's probably a prop. But those guys in Michigan were for real. They were for real. Those guys were real malicious. They were out there ready to do damage. I think they would have faced up uh, with the law enforcement and just let it fly. I don't think they had any problem getting into into a wild wild Michigan thing. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. But what so, I, what I would ask Pat is this, and Johnny, I don't know if I'm jumping in here, but no, no, go ahead, please, go ahead. What I would ask is, you know, when we get on Twitter, you see a lot of these pictures, and the the reflex for most people is, oh, you know, magination, whatever the case may be. But I I kind of look back and I say, how much of this is the government's fault? Because you literally have people at home for three months. Right. And you've had three months to make 
policy that would affect those people to make it so that they could stay home and try to, as they say, flatten the curve. But all you've given these people is $1,200 for three months. And even the $1,200, many people haven't gotten. Uh, most of the uh, uh, unemployment checks haven't reached people. So how much of that, obviously, not everybody feels entitled enough to show up outside with the gun. But right. if you've been home for three months, and the only way you think you can get your voice heard is to protest, whatever right. that looks huh. like. How much of that is on now so-called establishment Democrats, establishment Republicans just playing games? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I, I put it, you know, almost entirely on that. I mean, it's 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 a mix of that and the media. But um, look, I have a lot of empathy for people that want to get back to work. I mean, right, right. these people are hurting. You got to give them some money. I mean, you can't Absolutely. ask people to just starve in their apartment or something. Right. right. You know, so, you know, I, I feel for them, but what are you going to do at this point? I mean, it, the argument is that it, economically they're better off getting out to work, but right. if they get out to work and the economy just has to recede even further from the second round of this stuff, it's, it's going to hurt them worse in the long run, but short term, right. you gotta, you gotta eat. Right. 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 And, and then you wonder why only $1,200, right? We see the cases for other uh, countries where they're giving out 2000 every month or every week i'm not sure what it is but every significantly month. better every than month. What, right okay so a lot better than what we give me here mm-hmm. so i just yeah. understand like and, and it's crazy right because and we had this conversation yesterday is, you know how come we can get this money out to to the corporations and wall street but when it comes to giving it out to the people it's hard like how come like, why why is that such a difficult thing to do yeah i mean we've just lost all all power within our own party i mean yeah you know when you got the democrats advocating for bailing out the lobbyists before another second round of checks. Lobbyists, yeah. man. Lobbyists. It is unreal how much the the windows moved on this. It's unbelievable. They put they they're gonna bail out lobbyists before the yeah, people- and, that, and you gotta realize too, that's just the house bill. That's that's your opening position. Wow. So the opening position before you negotiate with the Senate, you know is is focused on the lobbyists like who do we have there representing us anymore and even the progressive wing you know i I mean i understand the pressure they're under to get something across but all the progressives ended up caving and and voting for the bill yeah pat what's your background have you uh run for office before did you uh deep political science or what's your background like how how you get into how do you get into politics and being so deeply involved in uh, you know, connected with all this stuff. Right. So, I mean, I, I've always, you know, followed politics really closely, but I was one of those guys that uh, didn't get really involved until, till 2015, I'd say Bernie, Bernie's run. Mm. Okay. You know, I was disenfranchised with Obama, like a lot of progressives. Okay. Right. Um, and I actually, I, I took the Twitter. Um, I, I was in grad school and I'm actually still in the same damn grad school. I'm taking my time. <laughs> <laughs> Take your time, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking the slow train, but um, uh, you know, I just needed to vent and get my point across. I had no plans on becoming like a, you know, a, a semi-known, you know, Twitter personality or whatever you right. want to call me. Right, a political uh, consultant. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I dabble in everything. I, you know, I go to protests. I, right. I cover some of the events as as a, a journalist. I, you know, I've covered like the California conventions, and I go and film and. And uh, oh, that's great. Interviews, that kind of that's stuff. But, 
but mostly yeah. I got on to, to vent and rant and share my view, you know. And there's a lot of people out there that wants to vent and rant. So it's a, it's a pretty large community out there on Twitter and whatever social media medium you're on uh, right. that feels the same way. We all have things to say and we all mad about something. So I'm pretty sure it was easy to just kind of get in there. Um, do you feel like you've been able to reach out to folks and connect it and uh, have like, like-minded people just kind of to talk and understand that, okay, I'm not the only one out there. We all feel right. the same way. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's not like, it's not like I think I'm going to change the world, but it's, you know, we're up against such a, a top-down message from the media that just works for these corporations. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is how we fight back. We collectively between, you know, hundreds of us, thousands of us, you know, our voices add up and, and hopefully, you know, take over at least a, a chunk of the media that people absorb. Um, right. It's the only way we can cancel out what they say, you know, on, on CNN and MSNBC and, Fox. you know, it does make a difference. I, right. I, ha- I have to ask, um, how in- crazy is it? Because, you know, at the end of the day, the things say a Bernie stands for, it's a populist m- message at the end of the day for the common man, right? Yeah. And that happens to be good for people on the left and right. I mean, not is every idea perfect? Probably not. But how is it that a cause like his has somehow been, even in the, say what you would call, the more liberal media, it's just completely maligned. And it's almost like it's by design where you, you have a Fox on the right, MSNBC on the left, and both are basically teaching people to conspire against themselves. And how do we get over that? How do we reach across because we need common people on both sides understanding these topics more deeply because right now it just seems like a food fight all the time on Twitter and wherever else. Right. I, I mean, personally, I think we just have to continue doing what we're doing and take over, taking over a bigger, bigger piece of the media pie in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you look at, at uh, younger, the younger generations, they consume a lot less CNN and MSNBC. And, yeah. You know, and that's part of why this populist movement was able to thrive in the first place with Bernie is that, you know, that's why it was more popular with younger people because they're less indoctrinated into believing, you know, the mainstream media. And, mm-hmm. you know, the younger generation is super progressive. Um, you know, they believed and they do believe in all the the populist, you know, platform that Bernie brought forward. They, they always supported Medicare for all. Um, I mean... You name it. The, the Green New Deal is real important to them. All these things that, you know, how much do you hear about the Green New Deal on, on television? Like, so never. You don't. You don't. Never, you know, for the whole last two years, all we heard was that nobody likes Medicare for all. Right. And then, you know, even in their own exit polls, when they were reported on the primary, they had to admit that every state, the voters wanted Medicare for all. Of course. You know, so exposing a lot of the hypocrisy and the, that the the media really is is out for the corporate interest first is the key and then you know the bigger the younger generation the more they take over the better chance we have at that um, because they already believe you know they they consume uh twitter more facebook more you know they just they're not on tv like like the last generations used to be right right but i guess also that that's still kind of on the on the left like a silo on the left like right. what you represent on Twitter and your followers, not the 40,000. Is there like someone on the right 
that is speaking to some of this populist, same kind of message, yes, with the a right, a tilt to it from the right. Is is there any of that conversation you're having actively, like partnerships, like joint right. town halls or whatever? Because honestly, I feel like it's never going to happen if the grassroots on both sides don't come out against corporations and politicians, etc. Is there anyone you're talking to to bridge that gap? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I, I have private conversations with some, some uh, you know, right-wing even MAGA people that just I've gotten to know over the years and we talk mm. once in a while, but, but no one, you know, of stature. And I don't, I don't know of any sort of organizing force trying to make that happen per se. Right. Right. So let me ask you these though. So obviously the biggest thing lies, what, 24, 48 hours is being Joe and, uh, <laughs> you know, and his, and his little me spoke, I think it was, <laughs> or just Joe being Joe uh, with Charlemagne the God. Right. Uh, yesterday, so uh, and and I've seen you know your opinion and and Joe and all of that good stuff. So, uh, it, you know, fair to say you hate Joe, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he sets. He's like 1930s progressive. Mm. He's not like 2020 progressive. I mean, he's he's setting us back forever. He mm. he's the architect of half the problems we're trying to get rid of right now. Right, but I, I mean, but how do we get his? That's the thing, you know. Bernie was popular, right? Bernie has a big movement, but Bernie, Bernie could not get over the hump with the establishment, right? Like they didn't want Bernie there; they wanted Joe. So Joe's what you got, right? Joe right. is really what you got now going against Trump. So my thing is like everybody's mad at Joe. So I mean, what's the other option? You gonna vote for Trump? Because if not, I think they need to quiet down a little bit about this whole. Uh, what Joe said and all of that, like, let's get the man to get out there and apologize. But I, I mean, I'm not, this is just me. I like what he said was wrong, but you know, Trump's got 3% of African American votes. He's not getting mine. So, but right. he's got 3% of the vote and that's not going to change. Not because of what Joe said. So why are we still focusing on that though? Like, that's the thing I don't understand after this whole thing happened. Uh, yesterday. Yeah. And I like to be, go ahead. No, no, I look, I, I lean on, my position is to deny my vote for Joe in a hope to, to force some actual real change, even if it's only minuscule in the prop in his platform. And, okay, you know, I, I'm torn on the position of, is it better long-term mm -hmm. for, for Biden to lose and mm -hmm. us pressure for more reform in the party and, or, get a third party candidate uh, that's valid and, and up to snuff and whatnot, or do we just suck it up and, and get Biden in there? I don't think that's an answered question, to be honest. Like what's, what's better long-term, not for four years, the next four years mm. would be better off with Biden. Mm. I have no question about that, but that puts us four years behind, you know, the green, you know, and then, you know, I don't plan on being around for four years. I plan on another 50 years. Right. So when the, when a party has gotten to this place where they're, they could un, undoubtedly win the election if Biden just came out aggressively for Medicare for all. I mean, it, right. it couldn't be more clear right now that that's the solution people need when you've got 40 million people losing their jobs. Right. And they're, 
healthcare is tied to unemployment and, you know, all the medical debt that's going to come with this and just keeping your society safe is going to take Medicare for all. Right. You know, but he can't even come out and pretend to support it. He's oh no, right. he, he came he came out the opposite. It's like right. I'm not for it. I'll never be for it. It's like, didn't you just form like some economic council to tell you what the best platform is? You're not even faking that anymore, right? right. So you know, in the in the long term, are we better off? Uh, you know, I, I mean, it's. Look, and what's going to happen anyway is kind of how I look at it. Like, look, once this gets down to to Trump Biden officially, Biden is going to get smoked. I mean, the only thing that could save him is is a disastrous corona response, which we've had. But you you see, even today, uh, Pennsylvania Trumps ahead. Hmm. Is it? Yeah. So he's not doing well in the swing states and there's just no enthusiasm for Biden and elections come down to motivating your base. Right. Enthusiasm, uh, having a lot of people that passionately go knock on doors and make phone calls. And here you got Biden who didn't even set up offices in most states. Right. Right. I mean, he's pissing off the wrong crowd too. That's the thing right now. Joe is pissing off uh, the folks that he needed to get out and vote for him. And and you know how Trump does his marketing and his campaign. You know, he takes those snippet and those, right. <laughs> you know, takes a little sound bite. I saw t-shirts out there saying you ain't black. I mean, I'm not buying it, but I, <laughs> you know, it's pretty funny. I see it. And I won't be surprised if Trump start wearing that in his next rally mm-hmm. uh, and saying, saying you, you know, you ain't black. So look, I'm confused as well. I don't understand what exactly the plan is, but it felt like Joe feels entitled that, listen, we know you hate Trump, so you got to vote for me. It's basically what his campaign is. That's you the hate Trump, yeah. you got to vote for me. And Trump is out there trying to get his supporters and some supporters are like in the middle, like those voters that are like not sure where they're going. Trump's trying to get them. And you know what? He might get it. Might he? Could he? You know? Yeah, I mean, in a normal in a normal world, you'd look at his disastrous presidency and say, no, nah, he's done. Right. You know, especially with the Corona stuff. But you know we're we're a polarized country, and and his you got to look at at his supporters and how they feel, and you know mm-hmm. their base is more voted more voted motivated in my opinion for him than Biden's base, and right. that that matters in elections. I mean, it's not absolutely. just who should win. Right, absolutely. I think absolutely. I think what's very interesting and what people discount, especially the liberal media what i'll never be the one to come up here and say oh trump is a political genius i'm not saying that but he has an instinct whether it's an intelligence instinct or not he has an instinct that is very very effective and now he has a a team around him that can basically work with that his instinct his charisma whatever you want to call what he is, and he has a way of motivating the people who follow him. And they're not, they are as motivated as ever. Just as people are motivated on the, on the left to say, oh, look how terrible his uh, policies have been for the coronavirus. Look at all the people. Mm-hmm. He, they are just as effectively turning that on its head for right. his people on the right. 
and they are just as energized. You know, the left, it's a hoax, it's this, it's that, whatever you want to call it. The point is, they're going to come out and vote. But on the left, now you have Biden, like, self-emulating. He's, like, killing himself with gaffes left and right. And that's who he's always been. I mean, his career is that. So, you know, the problem is the the media, you know, CNN and MSNBC, they pretty much shielded Biden from all his flaws, right? 100%. I mean, they, so all that stuff that they've hidden from people or undermined or, you know, minimized, it's there. And it's yeah. just, it's, it's always been fodder just sitting there. And Trump's team has had two years to come up with how they're going to attack him on this stuff. I mean, he wrote the crime bill. He authored the Patriot act, you know, he praised segregationists. I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff for Biden out there. He, he dropped out of his, his last presidential run because he was (laughs) plagiarism. plagiarism. Right. Right. I mean, yeah, well, just this year, he uh, he said that he, you know, he he's still telling the lie. Like he's got staff that keeps telling him not to keep saying these things. And he said for years that he marched in the civil rights movement, which he oh, did. Uh, you know, he said he was <laughs> down in uh, South Africa, got arrested trying to meet Nelson Mandela. <laughs> that didn't he's fabricating things. My man and, just fabricating things, huh? Yeah, and the, these should be huge stories, but to shield Biden are, you know, the, the real press that most people watch didn't really cover it. It's tragic. Right. You know, there's a video I sent to you, John, about two days ago, and it's an old video by Jimmy Dory. Uh, uh, Pat, you probably know who Jim Dory is. it Dory or Door? I don't even know. But, Dory, uh, yeah, I was actually on his show once, so. Okay. Oh, nice. Very nice. Pass me around. This was, and he didn't even do anything. He didn't edit it. It was a news report from the 80s, you know, when uh, Biden was going against, uh, I never can remember his name because he didn't win anyways, but um, it was an evisceration for all the plagiarism issues. I mean, an evisceration by the media. And today, no, it's like they forgot all that existed. Yeah. I mean, they right. try to, they try to hide him under, well, you know, he was, he was good enough for Obama and Obama vetted him, and they just leave it at that pretty much. Basically. Right. But so here's, here's my thing. And, and I keep going back to this is, you know, Joe's record, right. And his principles haven't changed. He's been at Sam Joe for 40 years. And with that same record, he was vetted for Obama as a VP. No one talked about it because, like I was telling also before you hopped on, Pat, was, you know, when Joe was a VP, he was like a backup quarterback, right? No one really cares who you are because you would never get the ball. You never get in a play. Right. Now, now Joe is a quarterback because Obama, being the main quarterback, the franchise retired or got hurt. Now Joe has to step up. So now when he stepped up, we can see, oh, he can't pass the ball. He can't go to his left. He can't read defenses. So now he's getting, <laughs> he's getting exposed. So He gambles on the games. <laughs> right. So the backup quarterback never changes, right? You only don't you only see the changes when they get in the game. So Joe's been over his for 40 years. Uh his record has been the same. But yeah, when he stepped up, right, everybody chose him over Bernie. And I, I can't get over that. Like I still don't have enough good reason as to 
Why did they chose him over Bernie? And I see a lot of Bernie bros out there. You know, so my question for you is, why do you think Joe was able to push Bernie aside? And what happens now to the Bernie bros? Like, a lot of folks still got the hashtag Bernie bros. I'm like, I'm not sure what that means now because Bernie's done. So who do you guys go for and what do you stand for uh, since your leader is no longer active and he's gone? So, so that's my question for you is, you know, what happened between Bernie and Joe? How did Bernie get over on him? I mean, Joe get over on Bernie? And what happened to the Bernie bros now? Let me add, it's not only that Bernie is not at the head of the progressive movement anymore. It's also that he's like almost actively shooting yeah, I mean, it he's down. Working, he's working for Joe. You know, there's right. no question now. Well, he needs to show his face for Joe because I haven't seen anything. I mean, we're not since the first week. Go ahead. Go ahead, Pat. Well, okay. First, first, I mean, how we got here, I think, you know, was, was the first question. Kind of like, how did Joe win, right? Right. So, I mean, to me, that just shows the, the power of the media. Um, yep. If you if you watched, you know, because I'm one of those guys that that really despises CNN and MSNBC, but <laughs> because of that, I watch them all day. I keep right. it on, so I'm like I'm really tuned into to the the narratives and how they try to sculpt things. Yeah. Right, the bullshit. Right. So you know what they did is they they downplayed in the primary all of all of Bernie's success. I mean, they mm. for a year they told people that he should just drop out before this thing mm. started pretty much right uh, downplayed his success downplayed the popularity of his programs told people medicare for all was going to cost us the election and and you know trump's going to win if you go with the socialist lefty bernie you know and and so what they did is they they basically fear-mongered people uh, especially the last week right before south carolina they said hey this is the last chance everybody should freak out and consolidate and then, you know, it was crafted by Obama. Obama got, he coordinated this, this uh, mass dropout of candidates. Mm-hmm. They kept Elizabeth Warren in there to peel votes because she's the only one that was really peeling votes from Bernie. Yeah. Mm. And it works. You know, it's, the power, it's the power of the media. Mm. So it was orchestrated. Everything was, uh, they were planning it all together. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say they they planned this all from the jump. I don't believe that for a second. I don't believe they right. even wanted Joe Biden to be the nominee. Right. They just they couldn't get traction for for anyone else. Um, and they didn't want Bernie. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they, that's all they care about is is not having Bernie. They don't. They barely care if Trump wins. They just don't want Bernie. And I, I just I don't understand that. But I guess you know that kind of goes back to what happened between uh, Hillary and Trump. Right. They hated Hillary more than they hated Trump. So they put Trump in office because they hated Hillary. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, guess, I, I think, think it's it's just a transactional thing from the top. I mean, if you look at who funds the Democratic Party, it's the same people that fund the Republican Party. <laughs> it's, it's barely, there's barely any difference. They, you know, you got Democratic consultants. It's just a big incestuous pool of money, and they, they take yeah. money from the groups that want to stop Medicare for all. They take money from the groups that don't want to lower the drug prices, you know. And so, yeah. you know, it, it's all, it all trickles down from the top. At the top, the money comes from the donors, and the donors, um, you know, they, they make Nancy Pelosi. Well, I don't know if you've ever seen, there's a documentary, I can't remember the name, but it just shows you how much money it takes to uh, to run a campaign, yep. and so the donors 
have a lot of power. Like, you know, congressmen, when they go to Washington, 40% of their day is spent in a call center with binders mm-hmm. or donors just begging yep. for money for people. Yep. You know, so that's why these donors have tremendous power in the party. Yep. Right. Well, that's just crazy. That's just crazy. Just to be able to do that. And here we are. We have Joe and everybody's complaining about his um his potty mouth and the crazy thing he's saying and how he just doesn't seem like he cares. He's like, look, I'm riding this. Y'all going to vote for me anyway because you hate Trump. And Trump is like, hey, you know, you don't care about your vote. So come on over. Join me. Let's ride this together. And I think that's where we are. The problem. Yeah, that, it, Go ahead, that, sorry. That is where we are. I mean, but the problem is, look, Trump's a lying con man, populist, fake you know, mm-hmm. fake populist. He he's not really here for the people at all, no. and and we know that. But you know, his people don't know that. But so here you got, here you got this uh, coronavirus wrecking the economy and the healthcare system is exposed as being woefully inadequate, um, and so Biden is out there saying no Medicare for all. Well, so what happens when when Trump? Three months before the election, decides I'm gonna I'm gonna tell people I'm gonna implement Medicare for all in my second term. He will. Mm. Now he will. what? Happens? You know, you know, he plays dirty. Mm-hmm. Now what happens? You got Joe Biden on the record saying he's against it. It's terrible. Right. He can't be for it. He's not gonna switch his position. He's never had, he's never done that. That's the thing. And you're right. He never will. He's just gonna stick to his guns and say, "Look, fuck everybody's health. I don't give a shit if you're sick or not." I'm not giving you Medicare for all, so fuck it. I, that's basically where Joe stands. And Trump's going to come in and say, you know what? I made America great for four years. I'm going to make it greater. Everybody get free health care. You get a car. You get health care. You get health care. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if you saw the, uh, they already put together a commercial based on, you know, coming off of the Charlemagne thing with the Breakfast Club. Uh, uh, yes. Attacking yeah. Joe on, you know, writing the crime bill. And, yep. and you know, if, Look, Trump's never going to get the black vote, you know, in, as a as a whole or a majority. But if he yeah. gets, you know, fifteen percent, that's a huge swing in the election. He, he, he's, not gonna, he's not going to get get the black maybe five. Vote, he, 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 can, five he, can, he can suppress it in yeah, yeah. Anyway, exactly. He can suppress yeah. it through. You can see he's already actively fighting mail-in ballots. You can see also he can suppress it by just. Putting out, putting out real information that the media didn't. He put out real information on Biden that the media didn't right. put out there. Right. And people, yeah. are just, people are just going to sit at home. Right. right. And that's, you know, that's it. Politics 101 was, has been thrown out the window by mm. all this propaganda. So, you know, forever they taught in politics that the way your candidate is strongest in the general election is to be thoroughly vetted in the primary so that any obstacles and any issues he has and are, that are perceived by the voters as weaknesses can be overcome. And that does two things. That makes them look like they, they handled and addressed the issue. And it makes that issue not as powerful to bring up again by Trump. Right. right. But so our media did the opposite. Our media opposite. let Trump present all these flaws for the first time to the public. In mm. detail, that's what people didn't realize too. The whole Ukraine thing, it wasn't like, oh, Trump wanted to find something out about Biden and expose it at the time. Most likely it was 
these idiots are going to do the same thing they did the last time. They're going to choose Biden. He's going to win. And when he wins, I'm going to have info on Ukraine. I'm going to have info right. on China. I'm going to have mm-hmm. info on everything. Whether it's true or not, he just can throw it. He can sling the dirt. He doesn't care. Right, it, right. You know, it just makes people not show up to vote. So it's an incredible time. Um, it's like, I, I have to tell this story. When the day before the election last time, 2016, I happened to be on a work trip. So I took my wife and my daughter because I had been gone for so long. I said, you know, you guys come along. So we were uh, in Nigeria at the time and the election night. So my wife is like, oh, let's stay up. Let's figure out who, who who's going to win, whatever, see who, who wins. I'm like, go to bed because Trump's won. Right. I just knew it. I just knew it because Hillary, to me, it was it was a forced candidate, and they've done the same thing again. And it mm. goes to what Pat was saying, is do you just say, oh, man, another four years of Trump, it's so bad, it's embarrassing, America is the laughing stock of the world, blah, 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 whatever the, your, your position might be. But if you effectively vote for Biden and he wins, you basically give the establishment, the Democrats, like they think this is the right playbook to suppress people like Bernie. And they're going to go back to it again. And then you just keep pendling back and forth. It's a pendulum between establishment Republican, establishment uh, 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 Democrat. And we just keep swinging back. And the thing about a pendulum in this case, it seems like it's it's, it's swinging to the more extreme sides of things, and it's just it's a mess. Yeah, I mean yeah. The, the problem is both parties are they've both swung so so right, and they're both so corporate owned basically. So basically. you know the Democrats, all they really have is you know. 1980s social issues like you know oh we're we're for gay marriage well okay that's gone we get that (laughs) we're we're good you know oh you you, you're not racist well yeah it's 2020 you shouldn't be fucking racist you know right right not a a huge thing i mean but then you know the right comes up and they're racist so now it's it's like well that's what they've got we're not we're not the trump racist party which Mm -hmm. you know thank god we're not but i mean on economic issues and on on what affects people the most, they're pretty similar. Absolutely, absolutely. You just yeah. hit it on the head. To, to that effect, right? Um, a lot of what I was telling Johnny offline before is, we need leaders that are not just thinking of present day issues, but future issues. And I have to be honest, that's a lot of what drew me to to a lot of what Andrew Yang was saying. Because, yeah, Yang. Yeah, you know, because he was not just identifying the issues we have now, um, but he was thinking of the issues that were to come. And you just said it. This is, this is everything. A lot of the issues these guys bring up and discuss should have been done. Like, I don't care if you're pro uh, the abortion issue, uh, LGBT issue, all these things, like you said, they're 80s issues. We should have figured this out. We should be done with it, and we need to be moving on to things that are affecting people's lives. And I was kind of disappointed 
that a lot of the progressive candidates this time around didn't like lock arms. I didn't see Bernie reaching out to Yang. I didn't see him reaching out to uh, uh, what's the, the, the Hawaiian lady? Um, Tulsi. Tulsi. I didn't see that as I look how effectively the establishment people like literally Pete, Pete leaves the election one day, the next day he's on a flight. He's at a Biden rally. Same thing with uh, Klobuchar. It's like effective, like boom, boom. Then the tweet came out from Kamala, you know, everybody. Boom, 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 boom. And right. it's like all the momentum is behind Biden. But I didn't see that happening with the progressives. And I have to ask that, like, even Tulsi, the last time around, had come out against the DNC saying they were, you know, stacking the deck against Bernie. Bernie, I didn't see Bernie reaching out to her at all. Hmm. So what what happened with that? Yeah, I mean, I have real mixed thoughts on Tulsi, honestly. Like, you know, she so she earned my respect by dropping out in, in 2016 or, or 2015. I'm not sure which year it was, but she was the vice chair of the DNC, and she she dropped out so she could endorse Bernie. And, you know, she was responsible for exposing a lot of the problems within the party leadership, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so I think because of that, she was seen as this, this, uh, de facto hard left progressive that she never really was in mm -hmm. my opinion. Um, you know, I think she's someone that had integrity, but I just disagree with her on policy left and right. Mm -hmm. Um, I like mean, which ones? Well, I mean, Look, to me, the, the gold standard for being a lefty or a progressive is Medicare for all. Mm -hmm. Right. I and, agree. And she came out with, you know, she didn't even tell people what her policy was on that forever. <laughs> and she could have been an ally, you know, pushing strongly for Medicare for all. You know, same thing with Warren. I mean, Warren sort of did. And then when she got pressed on it, she had this mealy mouth, you know, in 10 years, we'll get Medicare for all thing. Mm -hmm. um, but so I don't know that ideologically Bernie and, and Tulsi had as much in common as, as people tended to think. So then the, what I would say to that is, and, and this might be the biggest issue, I think, with the what you would say, I guess, the progressive umbrella is like it's there's a purity, like a purity test thing that you maybe it's reducing the size of the tent. Um, because I don't know if you you would agree, but say like if someone is anti-war as Tulsi was, uh, uh, so many other things that she brought to the table. Uh, yeah, maybe she didn't come out for Medicare for all, and there was some nuance and conversation to be had there. But there were so many other things that you would say uh, she was progressive about. Are we making that tense to? too small or too there's too many tests that we can grow that tent. Yeah, I mean that's a tough one. I, I think I think that's to be determined still. I mean if if you look at every single poly, policy position Bernie had had mm -hmm. majority support in the country. <laughs> um I think what made 2020 unique election wise and that kind of separates from answer, you know, doesn't provide us the answer yet to that question mm -hmm. is that Bernie was uniquely 
the only option really to me this cycle. And I think most progressives tended to see it that way. Right, right. Because he'd already built the grassroots up. He'd already he'd done the work and had the backing and and for someone like Tulsi to come up and actually win and she would have to take Bernie's support away from him. Right. And you know, he came off of 2016 with this huge organization. They built our revolution up, which went around basically setting the stage for his candidacy um, and getting other progressives elected too. But, you know, so he'd done all this work. So it wasn't like, you know, in, in 2024, what's going to happen is you're going to have like, you know, five or six progressive ish candidates sort of on par with each other. Nobody was going to have the credentials that, that he brought this time around. Right. Um, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think the answer is, is a more, you know, nuanced centrist tent or, or definitely not centrist. Yeah. Not centrist, but I mean, (laughs) I think it's reframing the argument in a way that appeals to to people on the right more, you know, like, like with Medicare for all, for example, you know, it, it, that, is surprisingly popular with Republicans. I mean, it had 51% support with Republicans in the last uh-huh. major huge. poll. Right. And that was, well, that was before the Corona hit too, you know? So, so you got to appeal to the right with some of those issues, but we still, we're still stuck in this weird world where, you know, abortion and guns are going to separate the parties. Right, right. It forms the basis, and that's what the 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 media basically perpetuates that for the parties. Um, if you were to go back and critique the movement this time around with 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 Bernie, some of the things that all the punches he pulled, I think, you know, if I was a man in his position. Um, and I knew what was at stake, as he does. There were a lot of punches that were pulled on a lot of debate stages. How would you have done things differently? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely in the camp that he should have punched back harder. Um, he could have done it in a polite way, just pointing out the record of Biden. I mean, but why does it need to be polite? Yeah, I mean, he, he walks a fine line. He's always he's always been he's so vilified uniquely by the media because they're in the never Bernie camp. Right. Um, the angry, angry guy. Angry yeah, so, look, do I think they should have punched a lot harder? Yeah, I definitely do. Um, and I think some of that was, was consultant driven and, you know, his campaign basically in the, uh, the top tier of his, his staff was split. There's half those people would have been fine with Warren winning and then half of them were just all hardcore on Bernie. And so his messaging was, was kind of soft a lot of the time. Mm. You know? But the one caveat I'm going to say to that is, despite all of that, up until the consolidation, Bernie had won pretty much the first four states. Right. You know, so when we critique his strategy, you know, we don't have all the information he had and despite all the mess, he, he was winning. I mean, if, if South Carolina didn't happen, he would have gone into super Tuesday, um, and probably won the thing. Yeah. I think, uh, for me, I think, 
I think Bernie lost like you, and I think you uh you mentioned this earlier was because the party did not want Bernie to win because Joe came out of nowhere, and basically Joe was sent out there to give it to Bernie. No, but we always uh, knew, we always knew Joe's run, if it would ever survive, was going to start in South Carolina. Right, that's true. And right. One thing I'll say, Pat, and Pat might disagree, is I think everybody knew that that was happening. And something was happening on the ground in South Carolina. I remember listening to several interviews on different podcasts. There were people turning like, okay, you know, this is Biden country. But people were like, really, though? And there was some conversation going. And I was kind of disappointed to to see that Bernie never, listen, Jim Clyburn was never going to endorse Bernie. Right. It was never going to happen. But it shouldn't have precluded Bernie from reaching out, meeting, right. talking, right. having those conversations. That's the right. game. That's the right. I didn't see, and I again, I go back to like the Tulsi and listen, there was some energy behind Yang. There was some energy behind Tulsi, especially when Hillary came and attacked her. There were so many right. people like, even people on the right were like, oh my God, Hillary, whoever, right. whoever Hillary right. attacks, that's who we're voting for. I exactly. Think if some of those people were brought in and reached out to, it would have once the consolidation happened from the the establishment side. If some of that was happening for Bernie, man, I think maybe it wouldn't have been e- fixed everything, but maybe there would have been a counterbalance. And you know, the South Carolina thing was so overt; it was so insane how much of a lopsided win that was. And I don't think we, he could ever recover after that. Yeah. I mean, and that's what happened. And then, then they had, um, I think what, 10 days before super Tuesday. Oh yeah. To, to basically, you know, puff up Biden and say the whole universe is behind him now. And, and the comeback burning <laughs> after losing one state, he was always supposed to lose gets labeled loser and has no shot yeah. now. Right. Yeah. Right. Terrible. Terrible. So how uh so I mean what's the plan now for the party? Like, do they vote for Joe? Do you not vote? Do you vote for Trump? Because like I said, in my opinion, uh Joe's not gonna change. Even if he come out of more and apologize for what he said, he still got his history behind him. Uh and that's not going nowhere. Uh right. but that was there before and he's still there now. So if you were talking to Democrats and you saying, Okay, and they're asking you, all right, Pat, what should we do? What do you say? Do we vote for Joe? Do you tell them don't vote? Do you tell them vote for Bernie? I mean, for her Trump? Like, what do you tell them? Or, yeah, or do I we mean, just wait for AOC 2024? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. The sure thing, and, and I have the liberty of being in California, which, you know, we're going to vote for the Democratic nominee no matter what. You know, it's, right. it's just That's a state. That's yeah. a state, right. Yeah. So, I mean, personally, I'm going to vote most likely for the Green Party, hoping to get them to 5%. Which which gets them, um, it's easier for future ballot access, and then they get federal okay. funding and, and stuff like that. So it helps grow the third party. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think you know anyone who's definitely in a, a safe state, I would recommend doing that. Okay. Uh, okay. You know, after that, I mean, I think it's, I, I'm I'm my personally, if I didn't live in in California, I would still not vote for Biden. Wow. Um, I think we're at a, wow. at a point, we're at a point where the world needs to see just how bad Trump is 
and and that they the Democrats put up a candidate who is extremely unlikely to win that fight. And Another show, care. right? And didn't care, and that's that's the only shot I think we have of actually, you know, real getting change. getting real change. Yeah, I mean, and look, I know I know there's a lot at stake. I know you got the Supreme Court. I know you got, you know, I know it's four more years of terrible, fucking, disgusting racism. You know, um, but if we don't have an opposition party, which the Democratic Party is supposed to be. What is it? What does our country look like ten years from now, twenty years from now? Mm-hmm. Right. So, look, it, it's it's an unknown. I don't I don't profess to have the answers. I don't hate people who are all in on Biden. You know that's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Have you thought about running? Have you thought about starting as a councilman or, uh, you know, just doing something in politics? Have you thought about that, or are you just you know okay sitting back fighting for the uh, fighting for the people from behind the closed doors? Right. Uh, personally, I don't want to get into politics. I mean, I, I wish <laughs> I wish I could go to sleep and not care about all this. Right. Honestly, right. It's I'm so jaded and disenfranchised at this point. But um, look, I'm I'm supporting you know as many organizations I can, like you know, Rose Caucus, the United Left. Um, those are two groups that are trying to to bridge progressives between the different factions. Mm, right. mm, good. You know, because like I don't like the Green Party to be honest with you. You know, I, they're mm. they're not run very well. Who are uh, they running this time? You know? uh, I think it's going to be Howie Hawkins. Okay. Howie Hawkins. You know? Okay. And he, it's not that he's bad, but I mean, he's got no shot at winning this thing. Don't get <laughs> none. <laughs> none. Yeah. This is a waste, right? Yeah, it's to me the vote is just about growing a third party, right? And so you got you got DSA, you got. Uh, movement for a people's party you got the greens um and you know i support the groups that are trying to pull them together basically so there's more of a coalition and ultimately the nice thing that what i would like to have is um you know they they hold sort of a a pre-primary primary and you know all those groups put up their guy and then agree to support whoever wins it so you got a maybe a dsa candidate running against a green candidate but then you end up with a, a big coalition at the end. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's and, uh, a pipe dream at this point. <laughs> it is. So for and, a second there, there was Justin Amash making some noise that he might run. What, what were you thinking when you saw that? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going to back him, but, you know. <laughs> right. Listen, man, the more, you know, uh, faces we can get running, uh, I think the better it is. Uh, I know Osi and I talk about it all the time, that we need uh, another well-established run third party. I, I think we do. And maybe it's not the Green you know, the green Party. Maybe it's another party that's going to come up. Right. Uh, somebody else has to be able to put somebody else there where we can have it. Because right now, you think about it. The last two elections being the last of the, last of the two evils, right, between Hillary and Trump. And now we got the same thing now between Trump and Biden. Everybody hates both of them, but you got to vote for one person. So... Right. Right. You need a I third mean, party, you know, that can stand up and say, "Look, I'm here. Vote for me." Right? Yeah, I think it's the only shot we got at actually changing things. I mean, you know, in 2016 they ran the Republicans ran their least popular presidential candidate in history. 2016, the Democrats ran their least popular candidate in history. Mm. So you want to talk about us losing our power? I mean, 
the whole election was voting against the other guy. And so right. what do the Democrats do coming off of that? They do it again. They do it again. Do it again. Couldn't beat anybody else for uh, in four years to be able to stand up to Trump and fight. So yeah, and I don't think know, there's and, there's the, the hatred for Biden that people felt for Hillary. I'm not saying that, but no, not even close. Not but, even close. But if you just look at look at Biden's mental state, I mean that this is the guy you're putting up to st- to save the country from, from Hitler. Do you, do you think his mental state is worse than Trump? No, but I mean. You know, they have two what's, different issues. <laughs> I mean, they both they they both got both got mental issues, but the memory is kind of shot for both of them. But yeah, but I mean, my point, I, I guess, is more that like, okay, we're in this existential threat of Trump, and you're not going to go with someone who's a little sharper, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, this is this right. is supposed to be the end of the world if we get four more years of Trump, right? 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 Right. Yeah. And here we are. But uh, so when you're not dealing with politics and, you know, you're not out there just scratching your head about the nonsense that <laughs> Biden is speaking out there, uh, <laughs> you know, what are you what are you drinking? How are you relaxing these days? man? What are you drinking to relax? What are you doing? Yeah, I'll, I'll take a bourbon. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. And, good. Uh, you know, I see you. You guys do some sports stuff. I'm big Warrior fan. So, you know. Warriors fan. OK, yeah. so. Which, you know, you, I like we, I like the underdogs, so I kind of had to give up on them the last couple of years. They were too good. Oh, oh mm-hmm. come on! You're supposed to be enjoying that. You know that don't last for too long. Yeah, and now they and now they've moved to to uh, uh, San Fran. Okay. They're San Francisco. Killed. It's just like they're too bougie now. Yeah, I like being the underdog and and having some cheap seats. So, who's the new underdog team you're rooting for in either any sport? Uh, honestly, I haven't followed any of it in the last year. Mm. I mean, you know, last year was, was not a great time to be a Warrior fan, and then now here we are. So, right, right, yeah, but you know, they did, they did gonna, they're gonna get a top five, I think, top two pick. So, not a bad thing at all to happen. Yeah, uh, bring, bring all your superstars back, and then you get a pick, uh, the first or second play in the draft. Boy. You know, my Knicks need that. We need that in New York. We keep getting all these guys in the middle of the draft, not doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely doing nothing, man. So, all right. So, what are you listening to? What are you listening to? What do you have that playing? What do you What do you What do you listen to when you're relaxing, or when you're in the car, when you're working out? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm I'm an old school reggae guy. Old school reggae guy. All right. You're talking about Marley. Take my Marley all day. Uh, Lucky dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm Usually, old. I mean. I, I'm not sure if you heard in the background how Bob Marley playing. You know, he's always playing in my background. So that's that's a, oh, something I listen to. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. But hey, Pat, we appreciate you coming in and stopping by, man. I appreciate the conversation. Uh, thanks for putting time aside to just, you know, kick it with us and hang out and uh, talk about all the crazy shenanigans that's going on out there, man. Hey, absolutely. I appreciate the uh, the time myself. Happy to anytime. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure we'll reach out again. This, uh, all these races keep getting closer to the time we'll – Reach back out to you, jump on the call, and you know we'll do another one of this and just talk about all the craziness. So, mm-hmm. we'll see where we go with it. All right, yeah, appreciate man. it. All right, awesome. thanks, Pat. Thank, thank you, Pat. Keep doing you, and uh, I think people like you are the ones who are going to help bridge. Yeah, going to make a big and, difference. Absolutely, fans out there because it seems like it's just WrestleMania all day long. But I think yeah. at the end of the day, people on the left and right need the same kind of help. So. 
Yeah, but, well, hey, I appreciate what you guys are doing, though, because, you know, I go on these shows once in a while, and it's everybody agreeing with you down the line on everything. And I think, right, yeah. I think we need a little more nuance and discussion on these things. Absolutely. Thank you for that, man. We appreciate that. And that's what we try to bring is just to hear you out, you know, let you know where we stand, just talk about it, you know, agree to disagree, whatever the case may be, just to have a good conversation. And, yeah, I'm good with that. Uh, and, leave it, and leave it at absolutely. That's why we're going to do it again, man. Thanks for All stopping right. by. All right. Take care, guys. Enjoy. Right, Pat. You too, Pat. You've been listening to The Point Noted Podcast with Johnny B and Rashad B. Follow us on Twitter at PT Noted and Instagram at Point Noted. Hit the subscribe and follow button to follow us and check out more episodes of us talking a whole bunch of shit. You've been noted.